Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, Ryan Kennedy, and today's episode is a recast from an interview I did with Rich Somers, who is a real estate investor here in San Diego. He's got an awesome podcast called The Rich Somers Report, where he talks all things investing, finance, uh, business, entrepreneurship, and uh, in the case of my episode, uh, health and performance. So I had a great time uh, seeing Rich's office space here in San Diego, here locally to me, drove down, we hung out for the day, we did an awesome interview, was able to meet his team, see his setup, the guy is doing big things, and I was honored to be on his show, and we had a fantastic discussion I wanted to share here with all of you, so I think you could bring you some really valuable insights on how you could apply a lot of the different health and wellness strategies I implement with patients in my practice into your own lives. So with that intro, hope you enjoy the show, I encourage you to check out Rich's podcast uh, for other good episodes just like this one. And I'll put the link in the show notes where you could find that. And uh, with that being said, enjoy the episode. Sun exposure, dude. I'm a fanatic for what I call sensible sun exposure. We are solar powered animals at the end of the day. And if you're staying inside under artificial junk lights all day and you're not getting enough sun, it is going to massively influence your hormones. Mm. Not to mention a number of health and longevity factors, the neurotransmitters and mood stuff we talked about. So you gotta get sun. And most people think going outside for a walk is going to get them enough sun. And that's good. That's a good first step. But you got to think of your body like a solar panel. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of The Report. Today, I got my man, Ryan Kennedy. Ryan, welcome to the show. Appreciate you having me, Rich. Yeah, man. Excited to uh, to connect. I've heard a lot about what you do here. Um, and you help a lot of folks get healthy, get better sleep remove stress out of the lives and be focused in terms of energy and just optimal path in terms of, you know, entrepreneurship, investing, et cetera. But uh, tell us a little bit about what you do today. Yeah. So I run a full-time functional medicine practice, consult with patients from all walks of life, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of investors, and really help them with the A to Z to health, you know, really dialing in all their choices day to day. So their morning routines, their fasting protocols, their nutrition, their supplementation, their training, gut health, hormones, sleep, recovery, you name it. So looking at different lab testing, seeing what's imbalanced, and then correcting those underlying imbalances with different natural protocols so that they feel and perform their best. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Ryan brought in uh, a stack of uh, supplements for me when he arrived today. Probably about what, 10, 12 items back there? <laughs> you had me try one of them. What did yeah. you, you give Yeah, me? yeah. So I gave you an herb, an okay. herb that's indigenous to Southeast Asia called Kratom. It's got a lot of weird press right now, but it is an awesome herb in low doses for enhancing your dopamine. So really using it as a nootropic, something that's going to optimize your cognitive function, improve your energy levels, kind of like a cup of coffee without the stimulants. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely awesome, Rich. And all those vitamins, dude, once you start taking those, people on the, the listen in here are be like, what the hell happened to Rich, man? This guy is totally on it. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to let you guys know uh, when it kicks in. I took it about, what, 10 minutes ago? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably another another twenty minutes or so. What, what would the side effects be? Uh, side effects in terms of the benefits or downsides? Benefits. Yeah, yeah. So no real like side effects in terms of issues. The benefits you're going to experience is you're just going to feel this like upregulation in your mood and feel this little rush of euphoria. And be like, I don't know if this is the herbs or just talking to Ryan, but I feel damn good. And then you're going to get a nice rush of just focus and verbal fluency and just feel overall like your brain is firing on all cylinders. Yeah, I love that. Well. Um, so tell me a little bit about, you know, stress, because I know as an entrepreneur, you know, it's hard to shut it off. Right. Yeah. Um, I know when I go home from the office, it could be late at night. I'm always thinking about what's next. 
uh, what ways I can grow the business. And so it's, it's hard to shut it off sometimes when I just want to shut it off and, and relax and uh, get some sleep. So what are some good ways that someone can shut it off at night and kind of relax, unwind, so they can get a good night's sleep? During the day, you want to do the right things to set yourself up for success. You know, a lot of people, Rich, they do all the wrong shit. They get to bed at night, their head hits the pillow, and they're like, why the hell can't I sleep? It's like, well, what do you think was going to happen? You did all the wrong shit, dude. So I'm a big fan of optimizing your morning routine to really anchor your circadian rhythm. That's your body's biological clock. So getting outside for some natural sunlight in the morning is super underrated. No sunglasses. You want to get outside because window glass blocks a lot of these beneficial light spectrums. And that will enhance your mood and your energy and your focus throughout the day. But it's also going to amplify your sleep quality that night. So there's short and long-term benefits with this. Very simple. Five minutes, just get outside. Even if it's cloudy, you're still going to get these benefits. And then as you go through the day, I like people to wear themselves out physically. A lot of folks, dude, will be in the office, grinding away on calls at the computer, you know, kind of doing all this different mental stuff that's really exhausting their minds, but they're not physically exhausting themselves. They're not training. They're not doing much movement. They're not doing any like hard labor. And so they get to the evening and they're like, kind of got this tired and wired feeling where their brain is like fried. They can't put two sentences together. They just feel totally shot. But physically, they haven't done anything. They've been sitting on their ass all day. So you got to get some movement in. So whether that's resistance training, interval training, yoga, lots of walking and movements, we could talk about a lot of those, break out those modalities and I could give you some tips and tra- strategies yeah, there. Yeah, I think that's really good. So for me personally, I, I work out a strength train four days a week. Mm-hmm. If I get a fifth day in, it's a really good week for me. I used to train like later in the afternoon after I got done at the office. But about six months ago, I made the pivot. I started working out first thing in the morning. And I must say, my days are way better now yeah. that I'm working out first thing in the morning. I feel like when I go in the gym, the energy in the morning is like everyone in there is in there because they want to be in there. And if I go in the late afternoon, the energy is like people are in there because they have to be in there. And so yep. I kind of feel the same way now. Um, I'm addicted to working out first thing in the morning. And then um, I will try to walk uh, about an hour each day. Uh, along the bay here and just getting outside feeling the sun seeing the water and doing that another four or five days a week i just feel great so um yeah tell me a little bit more about you know the benefits of strength training and and walking dude you're nailing it first of all that's a rock solid schedule you got going and when you get in the morning not only do you get the endorphin boost and the testosterone boost and all the benefits that carry you through the day that you described but then you just get it done Mm -hmm. kind of that eat the frog mentality like do the hard shit in the morning first thing and then the rest of your day is just going to flow way better As far as the benefits, I mean, they're numerous, man. It's one of the single best things you could do for your longevity. So if you just want to decrease your risk of all-cause mortality, so chances of dying from any illness, exercise is like a freaking miracle drug, man. It does so many incredible things for our bodies and brains. And most people know like, oh, you got to exercise, you got to exercise. But they don't quite fully comprehend the scope of benefits to your physical health. Then what's even more profound is the benefits to your mental health. So when we contract muscle tissue, it actually releases these signaling compounds that are antidepressant in nature. They're these happy molecules that go to our brain and alleviate depression, help with anxiety. It helps with stress management. It helps with a tremendous amount of common mental challenges people struggle with. I mean, depression, dude, is the leading cause of disability worldwide. Over 350 million people suffer from depression. And anyone that's felt depressed in their life knows it's, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. And What's the leading cause of depression? That's hard to answer because there's, I, I mean, in one way you could look at this, I would say it's chemical imbalances. 
right? Mm -hmm. Your neurotransmitter imbalances are leading to that depression. But what's causing those chemical imbalances varies based on the person. For one guy, it might be gut imbalances. Imbalances in your microbiome because 90% of our neurotransmitters like serotonin are synthesized in the gut. So if your bacteria and yeast and fungi and different organisms in your microbiome are out of balance, it's going to inhibit the neurotransmitter production and decrease your, your brain's ability to feel good. The other component could be from a lack of movement, too much time inside, not getting enough outdoor sunshine. That is huge because that's massive for your serotonin production. Other people could have genetic predispositions. I truly believe that no one is a victim of their genetics. And with the right inputs and the right changes, you could reverse these predispositions. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things you can kind of break down. If your sleep is trashed, that's going to really cause a lot of issues with your mood and your mental function. And then there's the psychological components. Do you love what you do? Do you have a lot of passion and purpose in your life? Do you wake up and seize the day and go make love in the world and do something that you can look back on and say, man, freaking love, you know, the way I spend my time every day. A lot of people feel the opposite of that, Rich. Yeah. And that's going to, you know, lead to some level of depression oftentimes. If you just hate your job, you know, in a dysfunctional relationship, uh, not doing the right things for yourself mentally, as far as a spiritual practice, you don't have a belief in any higher power. You don't have any true kind of what, what the Japanese would call ikigai, you mm -hmm. know, this, this life purpose, this life path that can lead to depression. So there's a lot of components, dude, but the way I help people, I'm not a psychologist. I'm a naturopath. So I help people correct the underlying chemical imbalances. So I run a lab test called an organic acids test. Very simple test, do it at home. It measures all of these metabolites that can accurately diagnose the gut imbalances I mentioned, like yeast or candida overgrowth, fungal overgrowth, SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, mm -hmm. or pathogenic bacteria. So you can kind of see what's going on in the gut. And then it also will take a look at your neurotransmitter balance. So it'll measure your serotonin and your dopamine and your stress hormones. It'll look at your vitamin levels, your amino acid levels, your mitochondria, a whole bunch of these different systems in the body that are hard to assess via blood work. So mm. it's a fantastic test. And I'll see, hey, this person has these gun imbalances. They have low serotonin. They might have low dopamine. No wonder they don't want to get out of bed every day. No wonder they're dragging ass. No wonder they need five cups of coffee to get going in the morning. That is really because of these chemical imbalances that we can easily correct. Do it every day in my practice. So I help people just like yourself, high performers, figure out what I need to do, what probiotics should I take to rebalance my gut? What herbs or enzymes do I need to kill off any overgrowths? What should I change about my nutrition to help restore balance in my body? And then what can I do as far as amino acids and precursors to support my dopamine, to support my serotonin, to feel freaking awesome? Because at the end of the day, dude, a lot of people talk about longevity, wanting to live a long life, but that's only really part of the discussion if you feel good. If you're depressed and anxious and stressed out and you're not happy, you don't really care how long you live because you're not very yeah. stoked on life. But the people who are stoked on life, like they want to get a lot out. So, so step one is improve your quality of life. Because mm. dude, we all want to feel good. That's, that's numero uno. Yeah, for me, happiness stems from growth and progress. So uh, the more I grow, the more I progress through life, um, the happier I am. And there's been points in my life to where I was stuck and I didn't feel like I was growing or progressing. And um, I would say those weren't the happiest moments in my life. And looking back, I didn't realize it at the time, but now I do. And I think a lot of that stems from I wasn't growing. But to your point, you got to be in a good mental state of mind in order to grow. Yeah. Right. Yep. That's right. And and to your point, too, those steps that you took to grow and evolve are triggering neurochemical pathways. So you're enhancing your dopamine when you, you know, make a deal or you advance in your business or you make some sort of progress in your personal life. 
that is having a chemical effect. Even though you're not ingesting anything, you may have not changed your diet, you may have not taken any you know, herbs or amino acids that day, you just achieve something in your life that's having a very positive effect on your neurotransmitters. So it's, it's a very complex thing to unpack, but for people listening that want to like just feel better, you got to do the fundamentals. You yeah. got to focus on the basics because that's what's going to drive the most change. So how did you meet uh, Brandon Turner? You, you mentioned that, that you work with Brandon Turner. Uh, used to be the host of the Bigger Pockets podcast. Uh, how did that relationship come to fruition? I work with a lot of guys in a mastermind called GoBundance. Okay. You may have heard of it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I became a member this year myself. And I started working with a couple guys in that mastermind who were getting great results. Came to me with, you know, wanting to increase libido, improve their testosterone, have more energy, just, you know, feel better, higher level of vitality. So I put them on the right protocols. You know, we got the right changes made. They started crushing it. They just started feeling off the charts, good rich. And so word started to spread in this mastermind, started working with a dozen, a couple dozen, 30, 40, 50 guys in this mastermind uh, as kind of the go-to natural health guy. And one of the guys in this mastermind is Brandon Turner's uh, best friend and business partner, a guy named Ryan Murdoch, who started uh, Open Door Capital with him. And Ryan Murdoch came to me and we started working together, him and his wife. Um, you know, we got them totally optimized and Brandon, you know, their next door neighbors, Brandon saw like, what do, what the hell are you doing? And so he told him, I'm working with this guy, Ryan Kennedy, and it's going well, here's what he's doing. And, you know, went to Brandon's Maui, uh, mass uh, you know, conference earlier this year. And we connected more there than him and his wife signed up, uh, at that point. So it was really just a combination of referrals. You yeah. know, that's really how I've grown my practice and my business is All just organic. doing good work getting, you know, people great, great results. And then they, they tell other people like, dude, and, and people see it, right. They ask you if you lose 20 pounds and you look absolutely great and you, you're just glowing and you have this different sense of energy around you, people pick up on that. Yeah. Like, Yo, I want some of whatever this guy's doing. What's the number one reason that, that most people come to see you? I don't know if there's a number one. I would energy is a big one. You know, energy is the currency of life. So if you don't have good energy levels, it's going to carry over and impact literally every aspect of your life, your relationships, your business, your personal life, your professional life, everything is impacted if you feel fatigued every day. That's a big one that I think a lot of people come to me, not as the sole reason, Rich, but as one of the things they're seeking to improve. Another one is body comp. We want to look good. Mm -hmm. And whoever tells you that's just vanity is doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. When you look good, you feel good. And there's nothing vain about wanting to feel confident in your own skin and be able to be proud of the physique that you have and the body that you've built. It's very admirable, you can't buy that. You have to earn it. And so a lot of people respect that. So body comp's a big one, testosterone and hormone balance. I work with men and women. Men come to me with low testosterone, so I help them optimize that. Women oftentimes come to me with other hormone imbalances, whether it's low progesterone or estrogen dominance or a number of other things. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's hard to unpack, dude, because I work with everyone from Guys like yourself were just like, Ryan, I want to get totally optimized. Like, I feel great, but I want to feel even greater. All the way to the other end of the spectrum with stage four cancer patients and people with neurological issues and heart disease and dementia and all sorts of other problems that are really serious illnesses. And I help them to reverse those, those issues utilizing the natural protocols that, you know, I implement in my practice. Yeah, I love that. So tell me a little bit about low testosterone and, and kind of how it affects men as they get into their 30s, 40s and 50s. If you are a busy professional and don't have time to invest in real estate, but still want to participate in the passive income and tax benefits, my team, Summers Capital, is buying a lot of boutique hotels right now. We source the deals, 
We renovate the properties and we even do all the day-to-day -day management, making it truly hands-off for investors. If you want to learn more to see if we can help you, go to summerscapital.com slash invest to book a call with our team. Again, that's summerscapital.com slash invest. Now back to the show. It is overwhelmingly common, Rich. I mean, it's a freaking epidemic, dude. The number of guys, as far as percentage goes, that have low testosterone today is, is overwhelming. And there's a lot of reasons you could attribute to that. But to answer your question, it makes you feel like shit. It makes you have that fatigue. You don't have that drive for life. You just don't have that get up and go like you want to just get after it and, and go slay some dragons and go, go accomplish things. You don't have that drive. And then it also will decrease your libido and your sex drive, which is not good if you're in a relationship. Whether you're in a relationship or not, you want to have good sex drive. It will have negative impacts to your body composition. So it's very difficult to build muscle and burn fat if your testosterone is not optimized. And a million other things, dude. It can cause depression and mental health issues. It can lead to a, a number of other issues around your focus and your mental clarity. So when you take someone with low testosterone and, you know, 3X their levels, use utilizing natural approaches. I don't use any drugs in my practice. It's not the way I run my, my scope of practice. And I'm not a licensed medical doctor. I'm a naturopath. But when you do that to someone, it is mind-blowing how their life transforms, how much better they feel every day. What are some natural ways to increase one's testosterone? First place to start, sleep. If you're not sleeping at least seven hours and getting good quality rest, your testosterone will tank. No doubt about it. So anyone you see who's hard charging, sleeping four or five hours a night, they're either on TRT or it's only a matter of time before they burn out and their testosterone just catches up to them. Um, and a lot of people are just masking it with stimulants and caffeine and other things. So sleep is huge. Any type of resistance training and interval training is fantastic. Sun exposure, dude. I'm a fanatic for what I call sensible sun exposure. We are solar powered animals at the end of the day. And if you're staying inside under artificial junk lights all day and you're not getting enough sun, it is going to massively influence your hormones. Mm. Not to mention a number of health and longevity factors, the neurotransmitters and mood stuff we talked about. So you got to get sun. And most people think going outside for a walk is going to get them enough sun. And that's good. That's a good first step. But you got to think of your body like a solar panel. So if you're wearing pants and a t-shirt and a hat, like you're not getting a lot of benefits from the sun. You're getting some just in through your eyes and on your, you know, your arms and stuff. But I lay out naked in my backyard every day, every day around solar noon, which is between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. I lay out butt ass naked in my backyard and get full sun. And the hidden benefit there, Rich, is I get thank you cards from my neighbors all the time. <laughs> they love me for it. And I also am optimizing the vitamin D synthesis, the hormone balancing, because the more surface area you have exposed, the better. Now, the reason I call it sensible sun exposure, the dermatology industry has done a phenomenal job of making people fear the sun. Thinking if you go out in the sun without, you know, SPF 5000, you're going to get sunburned and you're going to get skin cancer. Far from the truth. Now, I will say it's not sensible to go to the beach and spend four hours in the sun after you haven't been out all yeah. winter and you got I mean, pale I, skin. I see um, like, you know, you see the old men or ladies that are like in their 50s and they've just done nothing but lay out at the beach their entire life and their their skin looks like leather. Yeah. And so I think there is something to be said about for sure overdoing it. Would you agree? I would 100 percent agree. That's why you want to be sensible about it. When yeah. I lay out, I don't lay out for five hours. I lay out for 10 minutes on each side. That's all you need to optimize mm -hmm. these benefits. Once you start to go past a certain threshold, it does create excessive oxidative damage to your skin. It does create a lot of free radicals. It does create a lot of, you know, radiation, that near infrared light. Whether you're wearing sunscreen or not, it's going to damage your skin if you're spending way too much time out in the sun. That's, that's a fact. 
But if you go off for 20 minutes without any sunscreen, because sunscreen blocks a lot of the benefits I'm talking about, and you don't get burned, you don't overdo it, but you do that on a daily basis, the benefits you'll get to your your health and your quality of life are profound. Can I get these same uh, benefits from just, let's say, going on a one-hour walk during sunlight hours, but not necessarily laying out? If you took your shirt off, you would. Okay. Yeah. You got to rep some skin. Yeah. Uh, The thing is, you also have to consider the time of year, your proximity to the equator. There's a lot of other factors that determine the intensity of the sun. You're going to get a lot of the hormone balancing benefits, even outside of solar noon, but you won't synthesize much vitamin D. And a lot of guys have low vitamin D, which is a very critical component to testosterone synthesis. So if you don't have enough of the steroid vitamin. Low D leads to low T. That's right. That's right. And so that's a huge one as well. Okay. Yeah. You got to optimize your nutrition. You know, that's another thing that influences your skin's tolerance to the sun is how you're eating. But when it comes to the other nutrients, if you're low in boron, if you're low in vitamin D3, if you're low in magnesium, if you're low in a number of other micronutrients, it's going to impair your body's testosterone production. So you got to make sure you're replenishing any nutrient deficiencies of things you're not getting through your diet. Mm. And then there's certain herbs I found really effective that I'll use via supplementation to help optimize testosterone. I could send you a formula for you to, if you're looking to optimize, I don't know where your levels are, but it incorporates different adaptogens, different things like epimedium and, uh, you know, red ginseng, uh, things that are really helpful to enhance that testosterone production. Um, other herbs that I'm a big fan of would be Tongat Ali, probably 10 or 12 that have been pretty well studied to help with testosterone. And so I'll usually pick a couple that I've seen work best and recommend that to someone. What's a normal uh, testosterone range for, let's say, someone my age? And when they you know, do all these things that you're saying, how much does that typically increase? Normal range versus optimal range, two different areas, right? Okay. So the reference range of testosterone, total testosterone is going to be about 300 to 900, depending on the lab. That's not as important as what's called your free testosterone. So you have your total testosterone and... What happens is some of that gets bound up by proteins like sex hormone binding globulin and albumin. And if those are getting bound up at high levels, you may have okay total testosterone. Let's say your total testosterone is seven or 800, pretty good level. But you have high SHBG, your free testosterone is going to be low. And your free testosterone is what's bioavailable. That's what I would recommend you test. That's the most important marker to look at for anyone that, any guy that wants to know where their testosterone is at. Don't just look at total, you also have to look at free. And what does the free mean? Free testosterone is what's bioavailable, what's not bound up by these proteins, what your body can actually utilize. So your body can't use all of your total testosterone. And free testosterone is a separate biomarker that will indicate what you can actually use. And a good level for, for guys depends, again, on the reference range that you're looking at because different labs will do different measurements, but 100 to 150 is usually a really good level of free, depending on the units. Some, some labs use different units and they're single digit units. So it just depends on that too, but you want to be in the upper 25% of the reference range. So what about these guys that are, are, are juicing and they're all yoked up and maybe they're competing in, you know, weightlifting, bodybuilding stuff like Arnold Schwarzenegger, for example, yeah. he used to use a lot of uh, testosterone. So uh, what kind of levels would someone like that have? Well, the thing about bodybuilders and performance enhancing drugs, the testosterone is actually not the problem there. Don't get me wrong. You could take too much and they might have total testosterone in the 12 to 1500 range. And they might have free testosterone that's, you know, 50% higher than the upper end of the range, which is not ideal because then you can start to run into side effects like hair loss and 
acne and mood mood dysregulations and mm-hmm. issues with your prostate and what have you. You know, it could be hard on your liver. The problem though, really, Rich, when it comes to PEDs and these bodybuilders is they're not just using testosterone. They're using a bunch of other androgen type stimulants and hormones and other compounds that will ramp up your muscle growth that are much more dangerous than testosterone. Because there's a very strong case to be made that just plain old TRT, TRT, testosterone replacement therapy, we're taking a bioidentical hormone and you're bringing your levels from low up to high normal, that there's minimal downsides and a lot of upside to do that. Now, I always try and optimize it naturally without TRT, but I work with some guys that are on TRT and there's a ton of benefit. It's not always a bad thing. You know, there's, there's a case to be made where to finish off the second part of your question, how much improvement can someone get? Some guys I work with will double or triple their levels with just these natural strategies. Mm. They'll go from 250 up to 750 of their total testosterone. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a big jump. It's a huge jump. That's what happens when you start making the right inputs and changes. Other guys are more non-responders where they might get a a mild increase. They might go from 250 to 350, which is still, you know, pretty good. It's almost 50% boost, but they're starting at such a low level that even though we got them up 50%, we need them to go up 300% to get all the benefits we're looking for. So that's where it starts to become a situation where you might want to go for a more pharmaceutical intervention, something that's going to be a lot stronger. So it does vary based on the person. What are some quick action items that someone could take to uh, increase better chance of getting a good night's sleep? Well, I touched on the morning sun, touched on wearing yourself out, having a good evening routine to unwind and de-stress is huge, man. A lot of entrepreneurs have their minds racing at night and they don't really have a lot of good tools to quiet it down. So one thing I really like to do is deep stretching coupled with deep breathing. This is a one-two punch combo that really starts to calm down the nervous system. It opens up different pathways in the body. So I'm not talking yoga class. I'm not talking like warrior three. I'm just talking about basic floor stretches. Just opening up your back and your hamstrings and really relaxing stretches. As you do this certain type of breathing where you do a three second inhale through the nose and a slow six second exhale. By doubling the length of exhale versus inhale, you're starting to lower blood pressure, lower resting heart rate, and literally calm down your nervous system. Our breath is one of the most miraculous tools that we have at our disposal to control our nervous system state and to actually manipulate our physiology. You could psych yourself up, you could calm yourself down, you could create a lot of amazing changes with your breath. So that's a great strategy of just doing five, five to 10 minutes. It's mm-hmm. not a lot. Really can calm you down, really can de-stress you at the end of a long day. I like to do some journaling. You know, a lot of us have these mental notes kind of mental reminders going on in our head. We got to remember to call this person. Got to remember to call that person. It's like, dude, write that shit down on paper. Get it out of your head. So you're not having these mental loops running in the background while you're trying to relax and go to sleep. So I like to do some just overall kind of word vomiting on a piece of paper. Write down anything you got to do. Write down whatever went well that day, whatever you're kind of mulling over in your minds and then finish with some gratitude. It's important to slow down sometimes and just remind yourself, life is so freaking good, man. And in the day-to-day grind, sometimes we, ha- we forget that, we lose sight of that. And it's always good to remind yourself, like, man, if, you're, if your lungs are breathing, your heart is beating, you can go out in the world and make love every day. Mm-hmm. What more could you ask for? Yeah, I'm a big fan of um, Alex Hermosi. And he, Alex says, you know, no matter how tough life gets in whatever position you are, um, think about your 80-year-old self in the future and the fact that your 80-year-old self would probably trade anything at that point to be where you are today. That's right. You know, and so sometimes I think about that and it just, it makes you enjoy the process. You totally, know, Even man. when you're going through it. And embrace the challenges because mm-hmm. that's just part of the beautiful experience of this, of this life journey. 
you know, yeah. the ups, the downs, the in-betweens. It's all it's all part of the process because we need that polarity mm -hmm. in order to really appreciate the good times. We got to go through the shit. Yeah. And when you're in it, it's not that easy to have that mindset. But if you can cultivate that perspective, it makes it so much more you know easy to, to work through that stuff, whatever it is that someone has going on. So that's huge. And then just being mindful of what you feed your brain at night. A lot of people are scrolling on their phones at night. They're watching mm. TikTok videos and stupid cat videos and whatever the hell. Try and watch something that's not triggering. A lot of people will be watching political crap and they're like getting all worked up and fired up at night, like right before bed. It's like, dude, I understand that's frustrating, but not before bed. Like yeah. watch, if you're going to engage in some type of entertainment, read a book, do something that's going to chill you out, not get you all riled up. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I, I always, I keep my, my cell phone charger out like, sometimes in the kitchen or the bathroom and I just plug my phone yep. in, set the alarm and then I'll unwind. And then when I would get up, sometimes I won't even look at my phone and I'll just kind of get the day going. Yeah. Um, before That's I open huge. up, cause once you open it up, it's like, next just, thing you know, 20 minutes goes by like that, right? Unleash Emails, the texts and all yep. that crap. Um, but dude, so I'm a, I'm a big believer in like, you know, if, if you, if you look good, you feel good, you're going to have more energy. You're going to get throughout your day, um, which is better overall everything. What are some quick hitters that anyone can implement to, lose weight, burn, burn fat, and maybe build some lean muscle. Let me get, just wrap up the sleep real quick. Okay. So those are great evening practices. You also got to get a good sleep sanctuary. And it's very simple. Dark, you want either blackout curtains or an eye mask. Cold, you want it to be 68 degrees or, or colder in your room or to get a chili pad, like a mattress topper, and quiet. You know, you either need a sound machine or something that's not going to disrupt you sound-wise. Now, moving on to the weight loss kind of fat loss benefits real quick so the sound machine i like that i yeah. uh i use an app called calm and i'll do like distant ocean surf mm -hmm. um i used to only do it like if i had someone staying over with me for the night or let's say i went to bed a little bit later than normal and i know hey, i'm gonna be sleeping a little bit while the sun's up i'd use it um and then i live down here where there's there's trains and planes and all that sort of thing but now um i'm using it a lot more and i'm realizing my sleep is actually better because of it is this a proven thing that if you have some sort of white noise going on in the background, you're going to sleep better. It can definitely help. Yeah, there's great studies backing up the benefits. And there's also pink noise and other types of sound frequencies that you can use, whether it's via app on your phone, whether it's an actual like white noise machine mm -hmm. that I have. One thing I do with the phone, man, is I put it on airplane mode. I have my Wi-Fi wi on a cycle timer, so it shuts off at night automatically. I'm not a fan of the wireless transmissions, the electromagnetic frequencies that these devices emit. Mm. Now, listen, I run an online business. I use a phone. I'm not living under a rock in the middle of the forest. But I also see that I don't need these things emitting signals while I'm sleeping and trying to give my body the optimal healing and recovery, you know, environment. So that's another thing that kind of goes hand in hand that you could easily do is just in addition to setting your phone aside on, you know, in another room, put that shit on airplane mode. You know, don't let it have it, you know, be emitting all these wireless frequencies. So what you're saying, those wireless frequencies, even if your phone is 20 feet away, is going to interrupt your sleep? Not interrupt your sleep, but it will impact your body. Really? How so? The So so this is a controversial one, but there's some really good research showing that these non-native EMFs, this non-ionizing radiation that's emitted from these Bluetooth and wireless devices is really disruptive to our cell function and can actually alter the different gradients of transfer different minerals in and out, in and out of the cell. So we have this sodium potassium gradient Okay. And it could influence the calcium influx into the cell and create some cellular inflammation. So that's a very complicated way of saying, I'm not going to sit here today and say, Rich, I am 1000% sure your cell phone is killing you. I don't know that much. What I'm going to say is I am not convinced it's safe. 
and I'm not convinced that it's harmless. Now, we don't have any long-term data. Cell phones haven't been around for 100 years, so we don't know. But we do know the rates of brain cancers and tumors at the site that people hold their phones are skyrocketing. We know that people that um, you know work uh, occupations where they're surrounded by these like antenna wires and 5G towers are having a lot of health issues. I've worked with a lot of in, uh, patients that have what's called um, EMF sensitivity, where they actually get headaches and migraines mm -hmm. and all sorts of symptoms if they're near a cell phone for too long. To your point, distance is your friend. Having your phone pushed up against your head versus having it 20 feet away, massively different. Mm. Now, just because it's 20 feet away doesn't mean it's not impacting you at all. Your cell phone can go far away. So it's magnitudes less harmful to have it further distance, but it's not like it's completely off. Is there anything to be said about people that, you know, always have their, let's say guys have their cell phone in their pocket or uh, a lot of women will, will set their cell phone right here in their bra sometimes. Um, is there any like crazy impacts of that yeah. over long periods of time? Hey guys, real quick, the only way this podcast grows is if you guys share it and review the show. So if you do find value, if you could take two seconds and drop a five-star on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, it would mean the world to me. But more importantly, it will help us reach new audiences and help more people build wealth through real estate investing. Yeah, what, what, what the research has shown is that for guys that wear it in their pocket, they'll have lower bone density on the leg where they keep their cell phone. And there's also an increase in tumors mm. on the areas on the brain where you talk on the phone and on areas where you keep your phone. Interesting. There's a lot of, I mean, this is still in its infancy, right? We're, we're living an experiment right now. We don't know the effects of this. Our grandparents, our parents, they didn't have access to these devices until what, maybe early to mid 2000s when they became really widely used by the public. Before that, we had hardwired everything, hardwired cable, hardwired landlines. Uh, and before that, we didn't have anything, you yeah. know, for most of human history. So I'm just not convinced that it's entirely safe and I like to hedge my bets. And so I'll still use a cell phone. I'll still use, you know, the internet. I'm going to function as a human and be, but I'm going to be smart about it. I'm going to turn it off at night when I don't need it. And I put it on like a Christmas cycle timer, like what you see for like Christmas trees and shit. Mm -hmm. And so at 11 PM at night, my Wi-Fi shuts off, doesn't come back on until 5 AM the next day. And that's also a good reminder. So if you're staying up too late watching TV, your Wi-Fi goes out. What a good reminder to go to sleep, mm -hmm. you know? So I, that's just something that I do. Is it going to like disrupt your sleep where you can't sleep through it? Not for most people. Most people are not going to feel it. They're not going to notice it. But I track a lot of people's sleep data using an aura ring, using whoop straps. I look at their sleep quality, Rich. So their REM sleep, their deep sleep, their light sleep. And I do testing with them. And I see, hey, when you sleep with your phone by your bed versus turning it off and putting on airplane mode, what happens to your sleep quality? When you turn off the Wi-Fi in your bedroom, what does it do to your sleep quality? And so I could see objective data points in my small, I mean, this is just in my private practice. I don't have thousands of uh, case studies and, and studies to back this up, but I've seen a, a meaningful impact. Yeah. What did you give me before the show, by the way? What's the name of it? Kratom. Kratom. So it kicked in. Uh, I, I feel definitely more relaxed. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I feel in a very like relaxed state of mind. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an interesting plant because in low dosages, it's more of an upper in higher dosages, it's more of a sedative. It'll mm. relax you. It'll chill you out. Okay. Maybe I gave you a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So inter interesting stuff there with, uh, you know, the sleep. I agree with a lot of those things. Um, for me, I'm like, I need it to be cold. Yeah. Um, the, the sleep, the, the white noise is very beneficial. Mm -hmm. Not having the cell phone, not having distractions is huge. Um, and then kind of shutting it down earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if I'm up till midnight, let's say, and I'm, you know, I like to get up early, go to the gym and all that sort of thing. So then I'm already thinking about the next day. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to have enough 
sleep, you know? Yep. And so for me, just to shut it down, let's say by 10, 10.30, I'm going into the bedroom with that state of mind knowing, okay, I'm going to get a good night's sleep and I sleep better because of it. Yeah, it makes a huge impact, man. Getting to bed early is, we get most of our deep sleep, stage three, in the first half of the night. We get most of our REM sleep in the second half of the night. So if you're going to bed really late, like after midnight, you're really inhibiting your body's ability to get that stage three deep sleep, which is really important for the anabolic recovery, for growth hormone production, for recovering muscle and growing different tissues in the body, regeneration. So uh, REM sleep is more in the brain. It's mm -hmm. more like kind of cleaning things up in the, in the brain side of things. But to your point, we're designed to be early to bed, early to rise, yeah. living in, in sync with the rhythms of nature. You know, and so when the sun goes down, it gets dark at 8 p.m. or, you know, even earlier sometimes the year and the sun is wait, coming up at, you know, 536. You want to be trying to align your sleep schedule to those light and dark cycles as closely as you can. What are your thoughts with um, the COVID vaccine and all that stuff now that we're a couple of years removed? Yeah. Um, you know, there was a lot of noise. Um, there was a lot of bullying going on and scrutiny behind the vaccine when it rolled out. There was a lot of controversy. You know, I have my own personal opinions. Um, but now that it's been a couple of years, I feel like a lot of the noise and, and hoopla has kind of died off behind this this um, this COVID vaccine. So, you know, with everything that you're doing, I'm curious, like what, what was your stance the entire time and, and what's your biggest takeaway now? My stance has always been people deserve freedom when it comes to their health. I believe first and foremost, you should have the right to do whatever the hell you want. And so whether or not you wanted to get the vaccine or you thought it was terrible and an experimental, you know, chemical concoction, you don't want to be injecting into your body. That's your right to have your belief system to do your own due diligence and make your own informed decision. So I've never come out and said it's good. It's bad. It's, you know, because I do have my own personal opinions. I'll say I didn't take it but it's not my place to, to look down on other people who did or to look down on other people who didn't, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's just like, do whatever the fuck you want, man. Now, what really upset me is a lot of the mandates and the government intervention of trying to remove our American freedoms and breaking constitutional laws in order to try and pr pressure people into doing this. And, you know, people lost their jobs, people couldn't travel, people couldn't see their loved ones. It was really disgusting. And, and put a bad taste in my mouth just to see the deterioration of our American freedoms right in front of our eyes, man. So I wasn't that cool with that. And there's no, I mean, now that we've had some research come out, overwhelmingly clear, you can't really argue with the facts. It hasn't been effective in stopping transmission, which was the whole reason they're trying to peer pressure everyone into doing it. It hasn't been that effective in stopping you from getting the, mm -hmm. the virus. And it's been really also frustrating to see all the censorship just for having open conversations like this about it. Yeah. Where I was putting out information back in 2021. So back in 2020, come like April, May, they shut down the beaches here in San Diego. Right. We live here in pure paradise, brother. That was not cool with me. Mm -hmm. I knew right at the beginning of this whole thing, something smelled fishy. I didn't have the data. I didn't have any facts to back it up. I just saw what was going on. I took all of my knowledge on health and wellness and applied it to what I'm seeing in society. And I said, this doesn't add up. I don't know what's going on. I'm not a conspiracy, big conspiracy guy, but at least at the time I wasn't, but I'm like, this is interesting to see what's happening here. By 2021, I was pretty confident in my stance that like, you know, whether you believe in it, not believe in it, whatever, you know, theories you have, you would benefit from taking some immune support vitamins, from having some things in your arsenal like ozone and hydrogen peroxide and different things that you could use for a nebulizer that are really going to kill off viral illnesses. COVID aside, this just goes for any flu, any cold, yeah, any type I of agree. illness. Like this is going to be very beneficial to you. So I started talking about it on social media and I don't have a huge audience, but I had, you know, 
40 or 45,000 followers on Instagram. And you know, what do you know? My Instagram account gets wiped off, mm. just completely deleted. No message from them. No, like, hey, this is why we did this. Just it's gone. Now, that was a little bit frustrating to me because I'd worked for years before that to build up that audience all organically. And it wasn't a bunch of bots. It was real people. Yeah. And so I was just like, They're fil- the, the, the social media platforms are filtering what is put out there. That's Something right. similar happened to me, not during COVID, but um, in the last year, I put out a piece of content. I remixed a piece that um, Dana White did. And he was speaking about, you know, how post COVID, you know, COVID has created a lot of these folks that uh, don't want to go back to the office. They don't want to put in the work and it's created a lot of lazy people. Oh, yeah. And so I did a remix of this and literally two hours after I posted it. Um, it was doing really well. It uh, it was deleted yeah. and they took down my account and they put me on a shadow ban literally for like a week and a half to where any content I put out, it was like not being pushed out to the audience. It was yep. it was crazy because it had the keywords in it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, man. And I've gotten red flags on my YouTube channel just having, you know, podcast interviews, not even talking about the vaccine, yeah. not even talking about COVID, just saying, hey, these are some things that really help with your immune system. These are some things that are going to keep you and your family healthy. That's it. Natural yeah. stuff. No drugs, no pharmaceuticals, no nonsense. And you know, they got massively um, negatively impacted by that. And then uh, luckily I was able to recover the account because one of my patients knew someone that worked at Facebook. So I kind of had an in, mm-hmm. but to your point, I went from having, you know, a few thousand views on my stories and, you know, a lot of engagement on my, on my stuff to like one tenth of what I had before. Yeah. And it just dropped off a cliff and it's been like a very slow grind to start just getting people who followed my stuff to see it again. So it shows up on their end because the algorithm just totally did not like what I put out. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. And, and speaking of Instagram, I encourage all the listeners to go follow Ryan at Ryan C. Kennedy. But, you know, my takeaway from all that was, okay, they're going to monitor what you put out there. And since my account got back on, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to post anything related to COVID or anything that could be controversial because I just, with the business and everything we're doing, I can't risk that being taken down or being shadow banned. You know what I mean? Well, and you're smart, Rich. You got to use the platforms for what you could use them for. Yeah. And I use, you know, my email list to talk about all this stuff. Mm -hmm. People that subscribe to my email, that's my list. I can talk about any of these topics without worrying about, you know, someone shutting down my stuff. But on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, you got to play by their rules. It's their platforms. You got to play by their rules. You're exactly right. But yeah, man, I think your take is is very uh, similar to mine. My whole take was when they rolled the vaccine out and I did not get vaccinated, when they rolled it out, I believe it was like middle of 21, you know, they were pushing on a lot of people to take it. At that time, I had already had COVID and I had already, you know, recovered from it and my body reacted fine to it. And mm-hmm. I just felt like for someone of my age, relatively healthy, relatively fit, the risk of me getting COVID again and actually dying from it was very, very little. Yep. And actually, as, as a matter of fact, it was not even a risk in my mind. Not at all. And I felt like the risk of the one off chance that maybe this vaccine that hasn't been tested hasn't been around for very long. The risk of taking that was a higher risk than me actually getting COVID again and dying. Yeah. And so I decided not to take it. And, you know, I was at the time I had just left um, my full time career with the federal government. I was a air traffic controller for 11 years. And unfortunately, they were mandating all those folks to take. I just left Mm. Um, and I was doing real estate investing full time. Um, But I remember there was a lot of bullying, a lot of scrutiny. There was a lot of hoopla on the news. People were shunning others for not taking the vaccine. So my take the whole time was, look, you know, I think it's great for the folks that want to take it. I respect their decision, but I just feel like every American should be entitled to the decision of what medicine they put in their bodies without the bullying and scrutinies of others' opinions. We see you completely eye to eye, man, 100%. And what's happening now is the whole other end of the spectrum is now we have a lot of people that kind of saw through some of the media 
propaganda and made an uh, informed decision for themselves like you did. And now they're looking down at all the people that succumbed to the pressure and took the vaccine. And I see it in my world a lot of, mm. you know, the a holistic and natural health world where you get a lot of these people that are just making fun of these these individuals that got vaccinated. And I don't think that's right either. I don't think that's right either. No. Put it behind you. Like, who cares what someone did? It's their medical, it's their personal medical information anyways. You shouldn't be asking people. It's not like I'm going to go and ask someone that I bear, you know, even if they're a friend of mine, I'm not going to say like a detailed medical um, question about, about themselves because that's private information. The other component here is I have worked with a lot of people, man, who've had really serious side effects, you know, who've had neurological issues, who have had heart issues, who have had a lot of problems since they got it, you know, within weeks of afterwards. Yeah. And I'm not going to turn them away and say, oh, you, you fucked up too bad. I'm here to help. I'm here to help people no matter what choices they've made. That doesn't doesn't really determine who they are as a person. And uh, I think that I'm just glad that now we can get some of our freedoms back. And yeah. like I you know, was in Bali for a month earlier this year and there they still have some uh, some regulations, but it's loosened up a lot. There's a lot of places that now I feel like the world is returning to where this whole like vaccine card to get access to do stuff is starting to diminish, which is yeah, good. I agree, man. We're in the same spot there. So you got this book here that you brought in, uh, Beyond Nutrition, Ultimate Cookbook for a Healthier and Higher Quality Life. Tell me a little bit about this book, man. It's half information. So there's 15 chapters of health and nutrition information, and it's half recipes because as I was you know, working my practice, helping people with their food and their nutrition, I realized, Rich, there's a missing gap. Mm. And- What's the gap? Understanding what's good for you and what's bad for you, which almost everyone listening to this understands. They understand ice cream is not good for them. They understand they shouldn't eat McDonald's and fast food. They understand they should get some good quality whole foods, but they don't do it. And the gap is between knowing that and actually taking action and putting it into practice and recipes bridge that gap. Because now you can give someone a handful of ingredients, very simple directions, and in 10 minutes, they could have a delicious nourishing meal. Well, that's going to help them take this information that they know that, you know, I've taught them or they've learned from other sources and actually put into practice and make something that they could eat and enjoy with their families and be able to apply the, the nutrition information. So that's why I made it into a recipe book, because I found that's really a, a good way to bridge that. And I love to get down and dirty in the kitchen, bro. I really enjoy making some good <laughs> meals and I love I'm a big food guy. And so it was a real labor of love to put that together. And mm -hmm. it's been awesome to see all the feedback. I that book published in 2019. So it's been out for a few years now. And it's been it's been cool to see that a lot of the feedback of listeners and people that follow my stuff and, you know, uh, readers who bought the book, you know, getting a lot of benefit. From yeah. It. I'm on a, uh, a high protein diet right now. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot more heavier strength training. I'm realizing that, you know, the more muscle mass you have, um, the more calories your, your metabolism is going to burn through every day. And so um, I think that's kind of a cool thing. So it's like for me, I'd rather focus on strength training um, and building that lean muscle so I can burn more calories at rest. Um, yeah. I think that's kind of a win-win. I love to eat. It's like one of my favorite pastimes. Yeah. I must admit, and you, you mentioned you love cooking. Um, maybe I'll get into it more that I actually, I just moved into a, a new spot. It's got a really, really nice kitchen. Um, and so maybe I'll get more into it. But the last three and a half years, dude, I literally haven't cooked. I eat out every single meal. I do Uber Eats probably 14 times a week. I uh, eat out. I love going out and just socializing, networking. It's one of my favorite pastimes. And from a networking perspective, it makes sense. Um, but from the Uber Eats perspective, I would love to see maybe some sort of book to where there is all these healthy options if you're going to do the Uber Eats, because I'm trying to find more and more of them. 
you know, I, I have four or five that I really like that are healthier options on Uber Eats because obviously mm-hmm. if you eat it 14 times a week, you know, it can't be McDonald's or yeah, you can't Chipotle be indulging every time, all the time. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, I have some healthy options and I do feel good and I, I have seen results while eating Uber Eats and trying to get in shape. So I think the options are out there, but I'd love to see some more content out there from nutrition specialists focusing on like, hey, if you're going to do the DoorDash, if you're going to do the Uber Eats, here are the, the options that you should eat. Yeah. Well, I love, I love this, man. And this is exactly what I teach a lot of my patients Yeah, is, and there is like an eating out guide in that book of like what to steer clear of, what to go for, mm-hmm. how to navigate restaurant menus and how to really, you know, go out to eat and keep it pretty healthy. But cooking is not your zone of genius. It's not the highest and best use of your time. Of your time right. right. And so if you don't genuinely enjoy it, there is no reason why you should ever cook. And I feel that way about most people I work with. Like you are someone with very high income skills with a successful business. Why would you go and cook all your own meals and spend literally hours and hours every week buying groceries, prepping food, cooking, cleaning? It's a, it's a grind, dude. Yeah. From a time perspective, from it doesn't a time make perspective, sense. Yeah. It's, it doesn't make any sense. The only reason I do from sometimes is because I enjoy it, you mm. know, so it's a little different, but with where you're at, I would advise you to do a couple things and I could, you know, steer you towards the right options because I live here in San Diego. So I know all the banger yeah. spots that have good, healthy meals. Absolutely. Um, but I would encourage you to hire a private chef and you may be hearing this and thinking like, yeah, that sounds nice, Ryan. Once I get to a certain level, I'll do that. But it's cheaper than you think. You can hire a really good private chef to come to your house once a week and meal prep and cook you awesome meals for the whole week that, you know, is quarterbacked by a practitioner or a clinical nutritionist like myself that is saying, hey, based on Rich's goals, this is exactly what he should be eating. I've had consultations with you, so I know what you like. I know what you don't like. Obviously, the personal chef will will be in tune with that. And they can customize your meals and do all the shopping, all the cooking, all the cleaning, and you have your meals dialed in for the week. And to hire someone like that that's really good might cost you 300 bucks a week. You know, this is not going to break the bank. It's actually good probably going to save you money from getting Uber Eats or be at least comparable mm-hmm. in terms of what you spend now of maybe 20 or 30 bucks a meal versus buying the ingredients and paying someone for a half day of their time to come and do all that for you. And that might be 80% of your meals. You might still go out to your favorite places. You might still go have some date nights. You might still indulge from time to time. But that's a really good system I put together for a lot of entrepreneurs. And I tell their personal chef exactly what to make them, exactly what ingredients to source. You know, So they don't have to think about it. They just have healthy, delicious meals that are nourishing, that are going to help them crush their health and fitness goals. And they don't have, it's all, you know, automated. The other components that if you wanted to cut down the price a little bit more and you don't want to find someone like to do this, you know, personal chef thing for you is a meal prep service. Most of them taste like dog shit. Yeah. Most of them are not good. I've done, I've done those. Yeah. And they're terrible. It's, it's really the same thing every time. So I, I've, I've done it like with maybe three different companies over yeah. the last four years. And I'll start off and it will taste good for the first couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then it will kind of start to taste a little vanilla. Yep. And then after like two or three months, I'm like, dude, I don't even want to eat this anymore. But then it's like they just keep coming and coming. And then it's like the inconvenience of having to like unbox it and all that. So yeah. um, I'm yeah, it's never really worked out for me. Um, but I love the Uber Eats because I'm like, I just go on the app. I hit a couple buttons. And then next thing you know, 30 minutes later, it just it just shows up. Mm-hmm. Right. It requires almost zero my time yep. and from a money standpoint it's really not that much more expensive than walking down the street to go pick up something right yeah um but i do love your idea so maybe if the meal prep wasn't a fit for me it was not aligned um maybe i'll look into getting the chef um maybe to come over once or twice a week to cook a couple of nice meals um i think that makes a lot of sense it's dude it's a really good use of your resources mm-hmm. because you can well also i'll finish off the meal prep no 
I've tried probably 15 meal prep companies because I got to do R&D. I got to know what to recommend to yeah. people I work with. Some, some of them local, many of them nationwide. I found like one or two that are decent. That, that goes to show you how many of them. What, what are the, the one food. or two that you like? I like Cook Unity. Okay. They have some great meals. They're, they ship nationwide. And then there's one local that I'm blanking on the name. I don't use them myself. My fiance cooks all my meals for me. The one I used the longest was called Freshly. Yeah, and, Freshly's uh, they decent. They were decent where you could kind of switch up the, uh, the menu if you yeah. wanted to, but. It's know, still man. like, it still doesn't feel fresh. Even though the name is kind of ironic because meal yeah. prep companies like they just don't they don't seem that fresh as compared to something like Uber Eats. Uh, what, I, what I will say with the Uber Eats thing is you got to just be mindful with restaurants, because even if you're buying something healthy, mm -hmm. quote unquote healthy, like let's say you're getting uh, protein and veggies, very simple meal. You're just getting some like steamed, you know, veggies with, you know, a steak or, you know, some filet of fish. Very simple. A lot of times they're cooking in very poor quality oils. So they're using a lot of shitty inflammatory vegetable oils. Uh, they're usually using the lowest quality ingredients as they can get their hands on because a restaurant is a business and they want margins. So they're not going to be going out and buying the expensive, organic, grass-fed, wild-caught stuff that you want to be putting in your body. Now, there's a few exceptions. And if it is not advertised as organic and grass-fed and all that, you can pretty much guarantee it's not. Because if they were paying that extra money, they would be letting you know. Yeah. As a consumer, they'd want you to know this is super premium quality. And there's a handful of spots in San Diego that do that. Um, that I can you know tell you about after the show. A lot of them are up in Encinitas where I live, mm -hmm. um, but I know a few places here in Point Loma and downtown area as well that uh, I could steer you towards. But ultimately, at the end of the day, man, if you're making good choices, great progress doesn't require perfection. So you mm -hmm. don't have to overthink all this. Like if you're happy with Uber Eats, it's working for you, you're you know getting good macros, like you said, high protein. You know your calorie intake is on point. You're you're getting your micronutrient basis covered. I would stick with it. Once you find a system that works, the number one thing that matters is the sustainability. Mm. If you like it, you're like, I'm happy with the meals. I'm getting good results. I feel like I could stick with this long term. Then you've won. Yeah. That's winning right there. Yeah, absolutely. You know? No, I agree. I agree. And and I've, you know, looking back, I'm like, man, I haven't had the urge to do any sort of fast food or anything like that for uh, quite some time now. Because I think once you start to get some momentum, you start to see some progress, you don't want to throw that away, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I always feel like whenever you start something new, whether it's you know, a diet or fitness routine or, or even starting a new business, it's like you just want to get that, that quick win. Mm -hmm. And then once you start to see that progress and it starts to become addicting and you don't want to let yep. it go, you know? Yep. Cool, my man. Well, hey, listen, dude, it's been a pleasure. When you mentioned the GoBundance, it made me realize we got connected through uh, Matt Floyd, who's That's also right. in your uh, GoBundance mastermind. That's it. Shout, yeah. out, shout out to Matt. Shout out Matt, man. Shout out to uh, Matt. He's one of my uh, good friends. And yeah, I love that guy. But anyways, hey, I appreciate you coming on, man. You're local here in Encinitas. Let's definitely stay connected. I'm definitely a fan of everything you're doing and I'm um, looking forward to, um, to seeing where you go next, man. Really appreciate it, Rich. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you in the next one. Peace. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you found it helpful, please share it along to anyone else you believe it can serve. You can submit your own question to be answered on the show by going to ryankennedyhealth.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review for the show. Your feedback helps to support me on my mission to positively impact as many people as possible with this information. Please note the information depicted in this episode is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine.